Today's readings come from Galatians 5 and from 1 Corinthians 15. Galatians 5, chapter 22 through 26, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 39 through 49. For not all flesh is the same, but there is one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, and another for fish. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is of one kind, the glory of the earthly is of another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, for star differs from star in glory. So is it with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable, what is raised is imperishable. What is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus, it is written, the first man Adam became a living being, the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural, and then spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust, the second man is from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. We're in a sermon series called Most Deeply Human. And so much of this series, there's a lot of big stuff happening. We've talked about identity and destiny. And really, as I in the last two weeks, we've talked about the works of the flesh from Galatians 5. And what is holiness? That's what we, where, we, where we are. What is holiness? Last week, or two weeks ago actually, I taught you that holiness is resilient love with a deep character that just doesn't stop. That's the kind of, of glory that God wants to give us. An unending, resilient love that can't ever break. That your love is always filled with joy. It is always filled with patience. And it can't ever break. In fact, it so can't break, that's what you're going to have forever. That's what holiness is. And so, um, if you haven't been walking with us through this sermon series, um, I'd be a little apologetic here. I'm going to now preach something today. Um, this is a kind of a it's, a, it's a pretty seriously big time message. And it's kind of hard to just hear this message if you haven't kind of had, you know, the, the lead up to this message. Um, the, so much of this series is me trying to get to these last, you know, these last three things. And today what I want to speak is like, it's like I'm inching you up, getting you, you know, conditioning you, getting you ready to understand what the Bible is saying so I could preach today's message. And um, I'm just start today. I, I, I got no special illustrations. Okay, I got no movie, you know, references or clever books. Nothing like that. I only have biblical theology today. That's all I got. And uh, I don't have time for all that other stuff, quite frankly. Um, and even what I have to teach you today, just to get you kind of ready for it, took like nine messages just, just to get you ready for it. And so... Um, 
I hope that you really hear today's message. Uh, hear it not just through your ears and through your head, but truly from your heart. Okay? Let's get into it. Part one. Kill the flesh by desiring holiness. That's part one. Kill the flesh by desiring holiness. Part two. The Holy Spirit and the heavenly humanity. Right? The Holy Spirit and the heavenly humanity. And that's it. No part three. Okay? I only have two parts. So part one. Kill the flesh by desiring holiness. And part two. The Holy Spirit and the heavenly humanity. The title of today's message is Mortify the Flesh, Vivify the Spirit. And um, it's a little bit old language. And uh, what is, what are we talking about? Mortify means kill. Okay, I mean, it just mortifies. It's cooler. It sounds cooler than say kill, right? It's old language. Um, there's a famous theologian named John Owen. This is kind of how he talks and how he understands these passages. He's hardly the first person to understand these passages this way. We're getting at something really deep, at, at, at something that's going on in your life. And... Um, and this is a fight I want us to have as part of Revived Church. It's something that our church, our, our, that all Christians need to have, but it's desperately needed in our city. In our city, it's desperately needed that there is a set of people that when they wake up in the morning, they're saying, the flesh, my flesh, kill it. <laughs> to live inside the Holy Spirit and to desire holiness, that's today. And then tomorrow, again and again, that's what we're going to do every day. And our city desperately needs people who want to live like that. Okay? Let's get into it. Um, so I need to go a little bit, just, just, just for the sake of, you know, review here. I mean, I don't want to review so much. But if you aren't, you know, if you weren't tracking with us, uh, this passage I only read, you know, just the latter portion of Galatians 5 that we've been at today, uh, verses 22 to 25. And I really only want to focus on, the, on these last two verses, 24 and 25. But let me just review. This passage talks about what's, what the Apostle call, Paul calls the flesh. And then he talks about what he calls the works of the flesh. And he contrasts to what he calls the fruit of the Spirit. And if you, in the previous verses, before you get to verses, you know, 24 and 25, which is what I want to focus on today, what you get is the works of the flesh, and then he just gives you a list of all this horrible stuff. And when I preached that, you know, a few weeks ago, it's pretty much a spot-on description of, of, of the culture of Silicon Valley. It's, it's like, that's just who we are. What is the flesh? It's, it's strange language. And the flesh is human it's human life. It's human nature without God. That's really what it is. Without grace, without the gospel. It's without God. It's not just the worst that we are. It's not just like, okay, be bad and steal and lie. It's, it's the best that we are. The flesh is human life. It's you. It's you and everything that you are without any God in it. So everything that you, that you, you think that's the best of you, it's how smart you are. It's all your good intentions. It's all your righteousness. It's also when you want to lie. It's when you want to cheat. You know, it's when you're lustful and greedy. 
and you're ashamed and you're full of fear and then you're going to cover up your shame and so you lie to cover up your shame so you can show people your righteousness. You know, all, all that fake stuff that we do and all throughout our culture right now, we have young people saying, I want authenticity. Well, the, the flesh, let me just tell you, can never have authenticity. <laughs> can never have authenticity. Life without God is always going to be fake. It's always going to be because whatever is like cruddy and junky inside of us, we have to cover that up. We just we can barely even like admit it to ourselves, let alone let somebody else see it. So everything that's good in you, everything that's half good in you, everything that's bad in you, all mixed up together, that's the flesh. And the works of the flesh, is, it's a nasty list. And if we're really honest, that's, this, is, this is what it's like. But then he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And I emphasized this a couple weeks ago. There's only one fruit. It's a singular word. So let me read this. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Actually, the, the list can keep going. <laughs> can keep going. Humility. <laughs> Generosity. It is, a, it is, it is, a, it is, it is, it's, it's laughter and, and humor with humility, humor with gentleness. It's, it's humor with generosity. It's generosity with joy and peace. It's generosity that's joyful. It's like, t- you know, today you have people who give money away and then we give money away for some cause and then and then their name has to end up on a building at the university, right? Because it's really not generosity with great joy and humility and patience and goodness. It's generosity with, you know, let's, like, let's make sure everybody remembers it came from me. <laughs> See? That's the flesh. That's the flesh. But this, this, this is the fruit of the Spirit. There's only one. And there's no one word except holiness. But we don't know what holiness is, so the Bible gives you this definition. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, blah, 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 blah. So let me say it a little bit differently. The fruit of the Spirit is love with joy, with peace, with patience, with tons of kindness, overflowing with goodness, always faithful, so gentle, always with self-control, so humble, so self-forgetful, so generous. That's the fruit of the Spirit. What is the fruit of the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit is holiness. I just said the same thing to you three times. You hear that? So, that's what I taught you a couple weeks ago. And really what I want to get into today is this, verse 24. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So it's seemingly one simple little sentence. Oh, but there's a whole world there. So, if you belong to Christ, it's past tense. You have crucified your human nature, everything that's human about you, all its best, all your righteousness, all your smarts, all your good intentions, and including all that's bad about you without God. 
you've crucified all your humanity that has no God in it. And you've done it, and it's a past tense thing, and then, and you crucified it with its passions and desires. Now, in the 21st century today, um, there's this word passion. And we think it's always, we generally think it's a good word because we are a society that, that gets drunk on our pleasures. So you fall in love with somebody, you're passionate for this person. Oh, I'm so passionate for her. Or I'm, I'm so passionate for art. Or I'm so passionate for my career. And, so, and then we get passionate about it for a while and then we are not passionate about it. And then we get a little bored of it. It's like I was passionate about her and now she's kind of like, if I'm really, she's kind of not that interesting. We are so passionate about making food and then like getting good food and then we eat good food and then it's, then it's not all that. And so we always think in our society that if you really love something, you'll always have this feeling of passion for it. And it's not necessarily a bad idea, but the fact is your life can't be built on passion. It can't be built on feeling. Your feeling is going to go up. Your feeling is going to go down. I deeply, deeply love my wife. But when she tells me to get up in the morning, not so much. Okay? Because I just, you know, because I love my wife. But it's not always a feeling. And so today we're so feeling-oriented that we have this idea that passion, unless you're passionate about something, and then over time as you live your life, like your desires for things get like tepid and low. And then some of you, you've known that, you've known this really bad thing where you get depressed. And I don't know if you know this, but depression isn't always just feeling sad. It's not feeling like so low and dark and sad. That's one manifestation of depression. But another manifestation of depression is you just don't, take any happiness or desire much. Let's go have a really good meal. Okay. <laughs> hey, hey, let's, let's, let's go watch a really cool movie. Okay. Hey, let's go hang out with our friends, have a couple drinks, and enjoy a bunch of good laughs. Okay. In fact, I'm not even sure I want to get out of bed because what is there? And so in our society, so many people have had some desire for something good. And then, you know, some of you are into food, or some of you are into stories, or some of you are into art. Some of you want to fall in love. Some of you are into, like, politics, or some of you are into a cause. Like, I want justice. And then, and then, not so much. And so we love this word passion. But let me say something to you. Passion is just a feeling. It just goes ups and down. And you think, you like, if I have more, it's like, I love it so much, I'll be passionate for it. But in the Bible, this word passion doesn't mean strong feeling. It doesn't mean that. The word, it doesn't mean strong feeling and strong desire. What it means is disordered desires. It's always a bad word in the Bible. You see this word passion? It just means the things you love are so out of control and so messed up that that's, 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 what, that's, what the, that the, that's what the flesh is. Human, human nature apart from God is you wake up in the morning and you're like, success, money, power. My kid, 
okay, okay, just go over there. You're boring, okay? It's like, you, okay, you want my attention? Okay, okay, let me, let, let, okay, I'm going okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to love you. And then after about three minutes, boredom sets in. Now, some of you, that's five minutes, 20 minutes, and some of you really holy, and some of you wonderful people, it's like an hour or two. But for me, it's, it's more like five minutes, okay? <laughs> okay? And that's just normal to a lot of us because whatever you care about more, that's interesting and exciting to you. And whatever is not so interesting, your kid is really cute, but cute, you don't have a passion for cute. You have a passion for your career success. See? But deep down, you're like, wait a second, I'm supposed to love my child far more than my career success. Don't you know that? Doesn't everybody know that? But we don't. At least a lot of us don't. That's passion, see? It's like this, it's, it's, it's like a desire. It's, it's like it's it's disordered and out of control. And so it says here, you must crucify, you have crucified the flesh with its passions, with its out of control, out of control loves and desires. And in verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step. Let us walk by the Spirit. And if you walk by the Spirit, you know what the Spirit wants to do? Holiness. That's what the Spirit wants to do in you. You and I want success. We want, like, pleasures. We want money. We want, like, sex, something. Whatever it is that's exciting for you. And then, like, God, God, yeah, God, God, God is good. I, I could use some God. This is what I've seen being a pastor in Silicon Valley. The Christians come to church, and they come to church. They know in their head, in their head, I need God. <laughs> and, and, then, and then there's, like, a period of time when their life is really kind of hard and messed up because all their passions and all their like fleshly desires have taken over and now it's like it's like screwing up your wife is like you can't stand you because you don't you never pay, you don't pay attention to her or you know you're looking at really really bad things on the internet and now it's kind of consuming you or you know you feel bad about yourself because your work isn't doing very well or your or your uh, or your grades aren't doing very well and now you're taking comfort at the bottom of alcohol, and now it's controlling you. So that, this is all the normal stuff of the flesh. And so people walk into church where they're, they're, they're victims of their own fleshly humanity. <laughs> they're victims of their own wisdom. See, I told you, it's not just the bad things. Your own wisdom led you into this bad place. And then we walk in, just laid down with all our sins and, and all the curses of our sins and we're victims of our own life and we walk in and boy is it great when the pastor shows you from the Bible that Jesus still loves you that he's paid for your sins and he'll still love you and he'll still forgive you and he'll still be there for you and we love that part but then after we kind of like the chaos of the bad part of our life kind of like passes then we go back to normal and it's like, it kind of works. Now my wife, our marriage kind of works. The career is kind of moving along. And, 
And I don't drink, you know, like five glasses of whiskey. You know, I can just have one beer. <laughs> Things like that. But then we get into our life, and then we're saying, what I want is good career, good family life, nicer house, you know, pay down the mortgage, the stocks to go up, you know, you know, a good honeymoon with, you know, like good honeymoon with my newlywed, a great vacation with my kid. I mean, all that stuff. And then what do we have? God, God recedes into the background, and church is is a is just kind of like a thing we do for an hour and a half on Sunday, and God is kind of like there, but our life is kind of going well. And what we've done is, you're a Christian, you believe in Jesus, you've been born again in Christ, and yet, and yet, we're still filled with our passions and desires of the flesh. Passions and desires of the flesh. You know what the Bible says what we have to do that's really, really needed in us? You've got to kill that sucker. <laughs> There's this part of you. It's you. And it's like a zombie. Because when you gave your life to Jesus, you know what he did? The, the, the fleshly part of you, the whole you that had no God, that had no Christ, that had no Holy Spirit, you know, when you gave your life to Jesus, this is an incredible thing that happened. This is why it's in the past tense. Your full fleshly fullness of yourself, all your smarts, all your righteousness, everything, you're united to Christ. And then when Jesus went up on the cross, you died on the cross with Christ. That fleshly you died. But then we wake up every day and it's like, zombie you shows up. Zombie you shows up, and it's expressed through our desires. It's expressed through fleshly desires, worldly desires. And so our life is filled up with worldly, fleshly desires and preoccupations, and we keep Jesus kind of there in the background. It's like, get in the back seat, Jesus. Right? And, and, then, and, then, and then every now and then we get a little cynical all these things come out of the Bible and we're called to repent of our sins and we're called to like desire the great things of God again. We're like, yeah, yeah, I, I know about that stuff. But, but right now, you know, we just need to buy that house and get that mortgage, okay? That's, that's what we need to do. I need to get that, that, that promotion so I can get my kids into that school, okay? That, that's, that's what I'm really, really focused on now. All right, that's, that's how we think. And, and I'm not saying you can't try to get a nice house or that you shouldn't work hard at your job or get good grades or want success in your career. All that stuff is good. But what's the biggest, biggest desire in your life? That's what we're talking about here. What's the desire that shapes all other desires? What is the biggest, biggest love of your life? That's what we're talking about here. And what I want to say to you today is, if you want to live inside of an eternal love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, there's a war that's going on. And that war is, there's the zombie you, which Paul calls the flesh. You have to agree with Jesus and say, kill it. 
Today you wake up and the key is what you desire. That's what I'm telling you. That's the key. The key is your desire. The key is, okay, gosh, I, I, I'm so like, I got to get this promotion. Okay, I got to get to that grad school. <laughs> you know, I just got to get a date with her. <laughs> All that stuff. And then say, you know what? If it doesn't happen, I want something bigger. I want everlasting love with joy from Jesus. That's today. That's today. And if you, 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 you can be in that space every day, this is the drama that we need. Now, I'm going to go to part two. I'm going to take you to another passage. This is a big-time passage. It's a hard passage. It is not easy to understand. And I'm, I'm, today, I'm just going to get into a piece of it. I'm going to, we're going to continue next week. And throughout this whole series, I've been giving you I'm taking you to big pieces of Scripture. And what I'm hoping that you'll do is connect them and see that it's all about one reality. So this is 1 Corinthians 15, verse 39. Okay? Not all flesh is the same. There's one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, another for fish. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies. But the glory of the heavenly is of one kind, and the glory of the earthly is of another. So let me just stop there for a moment. If you don't know Jesus, you only have the earthly body. That's, that's all you got. In other words, this is another way. I'm going to connect the dot between Galatians 5 now and 1 Corinthians 15. All you have is the flesh. Your body, your mind your desires, your soul, all you have is an earthly body. All you have is the flesh. There are heavenly bodies and there are earthly bodies. The glory of the heavenly is of one kind and the glory of the earthly is of another. So you only have the glory of the earthly. That's all you got if you don't have Jesus. You only have the flesh. So you wake up and you go, you know, like... Like, I wake up and I go, Susan, man, you got, you're like pushing 50. Heck, actually, you are 50. And gosh, your hair still is mostly black. Glorious, the glory of the earthly body of Susan. Some of you don't have that. Sorry. <laughs> okay? All right? But that's it. That's, that's all you got. And some of you, of course, have far better hair than me. And some of you have far better skin than me, but that's of the glory of the earthly body. That's it. Some of you are incredibly smart. Some of you are incredibly good at coding. Some of you have like, out of your earthly body, you, you, can, you, can, you create this art. And I look at that and go, whoa, that glory is not in me, <laughs> but it's in you. It's good. It is good. But it's earthly glory. That's all there is. Okay, But if you have Jesus, you have an earthly body and you have some of that glory. Hopefully you have some of that glory. But you have the glory of the heavenly body. And that is, there's a seed inside of you. It's growing into a fruit. The Holy Spirit is growing this glory inside of you. And that glory is called 
holiness. See, the Holy Spirit wants to put the glory of the heavenly body in you. The Holy Spirit, guess what? Duh. What do you think the Holy Spirit's agenda is? To get you to have holiness. That's what's going on. Let's, let's continue. There's one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars, for stars differ from star in glory. So here's a question I want to ask you. Every day of your life, you're used to wanting the glory of the earthly body, the glory of the flesh, desires and passions of the flesh. But what we need, we need a new way. You need to live inside your heavenly body And in fact, you actually have to start thinking about the desires and passions of the earthly body, of the flesh, and kill it. Verse 42. So is it with the resurrection of the dead. Here we go. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. This is a weird language. If there's a natural body, there's also a spiritual body. Let's just stop. Some of you are like, spiritual body. What does that mean? to To the 21st century American mind, it sounds like just a straight up oxymoron contradiction. Spiritual is like, isn't that kind of like wispy and you can't touch it? But a body is physical, like, you know, you can touch it. So how do you have a spiritual thing that's a body? Because it doesn't mean just wispy. It means a body that's filled with the life of God. That's what it means. See, a natural body, it's, that's synonymous with flesh, Galatians chapter 5. And a natural body can only have the passions and desires of the flesh. And a natural body is always wanting, is always wanting the glories of the flesh, of the natural body. But here's what it says: it's perishable. It is, it is sown in dishonor. There's dishonor in it. I told you, you know, all these millennials today, we want authenticity. Of course you want authenticity, but you don't actually want true authenticity because you actually want the pure authenticity of somebody. You're going to find out there's so much dishonor in it. This person is so smart. Man, I love that they're so smart. And then if you find out the full authenticity of this person, you're going to find out they love using the smarts to manipulate you. That's authentic. Dishonor. Your, your, your CEO is a brilliant, brilliant person. Your CEO is also a bit of a megalomaniac that wants to use you and exploit you for his own glory. See, it's dishonor. Dishonor. But in the heavenly body, the spiritual body, the spiritual body, you know what it is? It's got the life of the Holy Spirit in it. It has the life of Christ in it. And what the life of the Holy Spirit is doing in you, the spiritual body is causing the one glorious fruit of the Spirit to grow. That's what's happening inside the heavenly body. And if you 
know Jesus Christ, you already have, you have the heavenly body. You have the heavenly body. Galatians chapter 5 said that the, the, your flesh was crucified with Christ. It's, crucif- it's, it's a past tense thing. So you know what it's saying? It's saying this. You're born, natural body, full of flesh, only wanting worldly desires. All around the world, the world is filled with worldly desires, worldly fleshly desires. That's what we're just like in it all the time. All the best you got is your best intentions, your best righteousness, your best wisdom. That's all you got. But when you came and you one day you met Jesus, and you said, Jesus, this is just, I, I need you. Would you take me? Would you forgive me? Would you receive me? You may not know it, but you didn't just ask God to say, clean me up, make me a little like nicer, Give me a little religion so that I can get on with fleshly life and the glories of the earth. That's, you may have thought that that's what you asked for. That's not the deal you were getting when you gave to Jesus. But that's not the deal you got. When you gave your life to Jesus, you know what he, he said? He said, yes, I will accept you. Yes, I will forgive you. And now let's take you the fleshly you, the natural body you, and we're going to kill it. All the dishonor, all the perishable, we'll get rid of it. And what I'm going to give you is a new self, a new body, a heavenly body, and I'm going to fill it with my spirit. That's the deal you got. And you know, this is the objective, it's, the most, it's like the most important fact about you. You know, as a pastor, I meet somebody, and um, they're not even sure if they're a Christian, <laughs> okay, sometimes. Or they think they're a Christian, I'm meeting them, and I'm like, I don't know sure if this person's actually a Christian. This person is like a, a, Christian, a Christian according to religion. They think Christianity is all about church and do-goodism and like, social justice or something like this with some religion on top of it. That's not, that's not genuine Christianity. A real Christian came to Jesus and found out that their life is just flesh. It's filled with dishonor and needed to die. And they gave themselves to Jesus. And then Jesus said, on my cross, you will die but that won't be the end. I'll give you a heavenly body. And so, when I meet people, what I'm looking for, actually, so let me put it a little bit differently. You know what I'm looking for? I'm always looking for this in all of you. So I'm just going to tell you a little something about the tricks of the trade of being a pastor. You know what I'm looking for? I'm looking for your heavenly body. I'm looking for something inside of you that says the Holy Spirit is alive. And that this, this thing that has happened to you, the heavenly body is alive. And you know what it mostly looks like a lot of times? It, for a lot of people, it mostly looks like the flesh. <laughs> a lot of us, we show up at church, and it's like, I'm a Christian, but we show up at church with 
okay, I'm going to try harder, and I'm going to, you know, be a good Christian. And we don't realize that's not actually Christianity. You know what that is? It's the flesh. It's pharisaical Christianity. It's pharisaical religion. It's me with all my, all my best ability and all my righteousness and all my good intentions. I'm going to be a good Christian. See, that's the flesh. That's your wisdom. That's your righteousness. That's all your effort. That's Phariseeism. That's still the earthly body, and, and that's all going to die. That's why you keep trying, you keep trying, you keep trying not to look at porn, but then you keep failing and you keep failing, you keep failing. You keep trying, you keep trying, you keep trying not to be like really a controlling mom, but then you keep trying and you keep failing and you keep failing, you keep failing. Because the flesh, that's all the flesh can do. And then you think you're being a good Christian by just trying harder again, keep trying harder again, keep trying harder again, and then I'm going to go back to church, get more religion, and we'll try harder again, but then you're going to just keep failing. But you know what I'm looking for in you? The person who goes, the zombie must die. (laughs) The zombie I'm going to kill today. And me inside the zombie is damnable to hell. But thanks be to Jesus, I'm going to live. I'm not going to live just today. I'm not going to live tomorrow. I'm going to live forever. And yeah, I'm going to enjoy eating food. And yeah, I'm going to get a little success. But you know what I'm going to start to enjoy? I'm going to like actually enjoy forgiving my sister who hurt me yet again. That's what I'm going to enjoy. I'm going to figure out that when Jesus, his, the glory of his heavenly body is in me, the Holy Spirit is going to make that resurrected, glorious, heavenly body give me the ability and the power to love somebody where like two years ago, it looked like the love ended. But today, it's back. (laughs) And not only is it back, I'm glad it's back. And then tomorrow when it hurts and it's hard, the heavenly body in me is going to love the person again with joy and with gentleness and with great humility And that joy is going to last forever. See? That's the drama I'm asking of you. And so where does it, where does it happen? It happens, it happens inside of your desire. Okay, we're at 35 minutes. Let's let's get toward the the back end and then we'll just continue next week. Okay, time out. Seven days later, show up, and then turn me back on, and we'll get at it again, okay? Let me um, unpack a verse for you, verse 45. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a living spirit. The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a living spirit, life-giving spirit, sorry, a life-giving spirit. 
Now, I'm going to try to explain this verse to you. <laughs> this verse, oh my goodness, it's unbelievably, it's such a big verse. Seems like a simple little verse. So, let me explain it. The first man, Adam. You know what the first man, Adam, is? It's Adam. The first man, Adam, is Adam. And he became a living being. In other words, he was dust, and then he breathed, and then he lived. He was alive. Okay? All of us are like him. You're born. You're dust. You're like the first man, Adam. That's another way of saying we have natural body. We're in the flesh. That's it. And you live. And then guess what? All those who are in Adam, then we are corrupted. We love the world. We love ourselves. We love, we love lust more than love. We love, I mean, everything. All that stuff. And our righteousness is not real righteousness. It's self-righteousness. All of that. That's the first man, Adam. But then it says, the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. You know what the last Adam is? It's Jesus. Jesus is a new Adam. A new kind of humanity. You know the word Adam? The, the, the name Adam is not just a proper name. You know what the name Adam means? It just means man. You ever meet a person named Adam? You're like, hey, you know what your name means? Your name means man. <laughs> That's what it means. There's a new Adam. There's a new man. And you know what he is? He's a life-giving spirit. I'm going to give you two layers of meaning of this verse. This is the way we're going to close out this message. I'm going to give you this meaning, and then I'm going to give you an exhortation and we'll close, okay? Here's the meaning. There was only the fleshly kind of man, the natural body, Adam. You and I are all born in, just like Adam. Sown in dishonor and death. That's it. We, we're breathing now, but we're going to die. And everything that's good in us, see, like, it's like, uh, hey, I love art. It doesn't even last... <laughs> It doesn't even last that long. Oh, I love my wife. And then it like dwindles out. You know, you know that your, your, your love for your spouse dwindling and getting lower and lower is? It's, it's the death inside of Adam. That's what it is. And we all have it. But Jesus came, the new Adam. And what is he? He's a life-giving spirit. And so, he came because he knows that as long as we only have inside of the old Adam, only inside of the flesh, that we're, we're going to go, hey, let's, let's have something cool today. So you ask your friends to go out to eat. You sit around and you talk, you know, like hang out in the parking lot for 25 minutes to decide where you're going to go out to eat. Then you go out, you eat, you have some laughs, and then the fun and the joy and the goodness of that laughter and that you know, eating the food and all the little endorphins and all that stuff. And then 30 minutes after you've had that fun, it starts to die out. That's, that. That's the last Adam. That's all there is. But in Jesus, Jesus gives you a life-giving spirit. The spirit gives you life. And that's that life will say, I'm going to be with my friends, and that joy and that love for them 
it never dwindles. <laughs> it never dies. It never gets boring. It never gets like, because now the old you is dead, and now this new human being with the life-giving spirit, the Holy Spirit that's coming from Jesus, now makes you know, the fun of being with your friend, even when your friend's not that fun, <laughs> still filled with joy. How about that? Do you want that? Here's a second layer of meaning. The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So there's, this, there's these two Adams in you. There's the, there's the natural body you, and then there is the new Adam you in Christ. So you wake up each day. If you've killed, mortified the old one, and you wake up and you're like, today I'm going to walk in step. So this is how you do it. You walk in step with the Spirit. You put faith in the gospel. See, it's not because you try harder because you're going you're gonna to do it on the basis of your own power. You're like, in my power, none. But in Jesus, everything. If I'm in Christ, I have everything I need. Inside, I look at my own resources. Awful. <laughs> Pretty pathetic. Okay? Such little love, horrible patience, no self-control. In Christ, everything. So how do you get there? You put, you step with the Spirit and you believe in the resurrection of Christ. The heavenly body is in you. So it's not just that Jesus rose and conquered the, from you know, the, the grave. You, it's in you. <laughs> the heavenly man is in you. The last Adam is in you. The last kind of human being, it's in you. The new kind of human being with holiness, it's in you. You're going to believe that. And then you're going to walk out and step and start to love people. And they're going to, oh, this person is so annoying. Jesus, come on. <laughs> Resurrection me. And you're going to say, the old regular me would have just been, here we go. You know, like, Start, start thinking every little way you could kind of like, you know, put your little verbal pins and needles into this person that you really start to dislike. But the heavenly man in you will be like, the Holy Spirit's in me, life-giving. And then what's going to happen is you will be a life-giving spirit. You will give holy love. You will be a life-giving spirit that doesn't stop. That's what's going to happen in you. So back to the tricks of the trade of being a pastor. You know what I'm looking for? That. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. And you know what? It happens. It's awesome. Some of you, I've pastored you for a number of years. I wish... I wish we could, you know, have like a movie. <laughs> I wish we had a movie. And we're like, you know, Mindy Fawcett, seven years ago. Punk, punk her out. <laughs> and you watch that movie and you go, oh. And Mindy Fawcett yesterday. And you'll see it's like crazy different. 
right? Just, just like that. I wish I could just do that in you. Because to me, I see it. It's, it's that obvious. Life-giving spirit. <laughs> Let me close my message this way. Some of you are going like, that was awesome, Pastor. That's, that was so encouraging. But, but I suck. <laughs> like, when I look in the mirror, it's like 99% flesh. And if there's any resurrection, heavenly body in me, man, I don't see it. I sure hope you can see it because I don't see it. Because when I look into my heart and all my desires, yeah, that's what I want. I want all the worldly stuff. That's what I want. I have to be really honest with you, Pastor. I want all the worldly goods. That's what I really want. And if Jesus can sort of kind of clean me up here and there, that's nice. But really, what I want is all the the worldly goods. I'm so fleshly. If I'm really honest with myself, that's what I'm like. And here's the way I want to close. There's this thing that we do in in our disciple-making movement. It's called gospel waltz. Okay? If you you end up doing, you know, life-on-life missional discipleship with us, you're going to learn this thing. It's called gospel waltz. It's a waltz because a waltz takes three steps. One, two, three. Okay, one, two, three. I don't know if you ever learned a waltz. Don't look at me. I don't really know how to do it. Okay? A waltz takes three steps. Most Christians, they go to church. They find out that, like, oh, my goodness, there's that sin in me. And then you know what we do? We do two steps. We should call it the pharisaical (laughs) two-step. We do the Pharisee two-step. Oh, that's bad. Fix it. So that's two steps. Oh, that's bad. I'm going to try harder. That's the old Adam. That's the flesh. That's all your power. You're supposed to kill that sucker. (laughs) Don't two-step. The Pharisee in you has to die. Don't two-step. So today... Here you go. Oh, pastor, I'm 99% flesh. I just want, I want all the worldly stuff. I have to admit it. That's what I want. That's my desire. I guess I'm just going to be so filled with the nastiness of the flesh because that's what I desire. How can I even have the Holy Spirit in me since that's all I desire is that? Here's how we go. You three-step it. You go one. 99% fleshly desires. Man, I suck. (laughs) You know what the second step is? But Jesus gave me a heavenly body. On the cross, I have died. The old fleshly person has died. And Jesus gave me a heavenly body through his resurrection. That's the truth. The second step is to believe the gospel. And then the third step is some response to the gospel. So let me offer it to you. It could look like this. Jesus, tomorrow, even though I'm going to wake up with tons of worldly desire and I only want the flesh, just tomorrow, help me, help that to die at least a little 
and make me want joy that's everlasting. See, like right now, it's just like an idea. It's just like, it's kind of like abstract idea. But if you're ever around real Christians or like just like deep Christians who've walked in, who've walked in the Spirit, see, like you're just starting to walk with the Spirit. But the people who have walked in the Spirit and have let life-giving Spirit come into them, you know what, they have, they've done it for like, like the beginning. They were just like you. Filled with the flesh and flesh and desire. And somewhere along the line, they start to despise the flesh. They're like, this isn't working. Oh my goodness, this isn't working. This is so not working. And then they start thinking, wait. <laughs> it says that in the Bible. Oh, everlasting joy. That's interesting. Is that real? Is it possible? From the Holy Spirit? Possible. And they start to walk and step with the Spirit by desiring the holy gift of God. You start walking with the Spirit like that for a day or a week or a month or one year, two year, four year, five year. You know, you start, be- you start becoming a life-giving Spirit. You start hanging out with those people. They're the best people. They're heavenly people. Do you want that? Gospel waltz it. One, two, three. The third one is, Jesus, give me that. Tomorrow, wake up and said, zombie me, death to you. But Jesus, give me holiness. (laughs) Please, I beg you. I have every right. Aren't I a heavenly man? Aren't I a heavenly woman with your resurrection in me? Isn't the, this the final, ultimate fact about me? That my zombie self is dead and crucified on the cross with Jesus? But, but it's time for the new Adam, me. It's time for the new Jenny. It's time for the new Hudson. Today, I'm going to be my heavenly self. Please, Jesus, give me holiness. Let's pray. There's no way we can do this, Lord Jesus. In and of us, of ourselves, apart from the Holy Spirit, apart from your life-giving Spirit, apart from your resurrection body, apart from the heavenly man in you, We have no chance. But I pray that today, starting today, I'm sure it's not only starting today, but today would be like a new day. And say, for the rest of my life, the old self in me, the zombie fleshly me, it must die. (laughs) And I want all of you, Jesus, all of your joy, all of your love, all of your self-control, all of your glorious, glorious holiness. Please give it to me. And I pray today that we would say that, we would ask that, and I pray that our faith would grow, that you will absolutely give it. If we ask that of you, and we pray that again and again, Father, you have to say yes. (laughs) You must give this. You can't not give this. 
because we are agreeing with you. We are asking for the biggest, greatest thing that you want to give us. We are asking and agreeing for the greatest thing that your salvation is all about. So help us to ask that and to desire that and to never look back. I pray that like as a dog that returns to his vomit, we would never be like that. And we would mortify and kill the flesh in us. And you would vivify and make alive the life-giving spirit of Christ in us. And we would become heavenly beings here on out. Give us that. Give us that above all else, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.